Police Academy is your source for the no apologies, no spin truth about all things police. Discussions about why cops do what they do, avoiding speeding tickets, or just how to stay alive can all be found right here. No questions out of bounds, no topic too sensitive. This is Police Academy. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What we're dealing with here, littering ass, is a complete lack of respect for the law and smoking the reef. Call the dust pop. We live in a society of laws. That pop? Yeah. No, that's not real. This thing of weed. It takes one solid weekend of training to get that bag. Welcome back to Police Academy Podcast. This is another interview episode, and actually, just to give you some perspective on this, was the very first episode I ever recorded, so if it sounds a little bit different, um, that's why. I was super rookie as far as audio engineering goes. Um, I'm only less rookie now, I guess, but just realize this is the very first interview I did, very first show I did, um, so it may sound a little bit different, uh, but I did want to air it. There's a reason I interviewed Chief Elbert. He is extremely knowledgeable. He is an instructor or consultant with the International Association of Chiefs of Police. So he doesn't only have a local perspective, but he gets to travel around and talk to um, chiefs of police and command personnel throughout the country. He's been through the FBI Academy um, for law enforcement and has a vast array of experiences and knowledge. In this episode, we talk about different paths to law enforcement for those looking to get into it, community police relations, the communication breakdown, and how a wedge is being driven currently between law enforcement and communities. And he gives some extremely awesome advice towards the end that I think everyone needs to hear. The last thing I'll point out before we get started is that he refused to eat any of the donuts that I brought in for this interview. Um, and refused to identify a favorite type. But I have seen since the interview strong evidence that Chief Mark Elbert does eat donuts. I saw a Facebook picture of him about ready to demolish a glazed donut. Just throwing that in there. But without further ado, I bring you the Batman of Bellevue, Mark Elbert. That. Yeah, oh yeah i've heard the legends oh yeah you know i got to work with a, a lot of people that have been here well before you were here some people that trained you and then got to see you um very rapidly go up through the ranks and and land here at at chief and um there are some legends for sure and i believe them because <laughs> yeah, of, of anybody that i know you're the you're the person that i think would would fill those shoes so Go ahead and introduce yourself as far as your personal and professional background. Let you do that part. Okay. Well, of course, it's uh, Mark Elbert. Uh, as far as my personal, kind of where I came from, I grew up in Northwest Iowa. I was a farm kid, I guess. And uh, went off to college, studied criminal justice at the University of South Dakota, and then uh, got a job down here. I worked a, a short stint in Fremont, Nebraska for a couple of years, and then uh, came over here to Bellevue. And just, uh, as you kind of stated, it worked my way up through the ranks. As far as the different uh, offices, if you will, that I've held here, I mean, obviously I started out like everybody else does, working the road, did some time of field training, um, was very active in uh, SWAT, 
uh, at all different levels. Um, did a short stint in criminal investigations and did about four or five years in internal affairs. Uh, then made captain, uh, went back out to operations, uh, which has always kind of been my briar patch, if you will. That's where I come from is, is operations. And then um, made chief. Uh, that's that's kind of the the path, if you will, um, that, that got me to, to where I am today, my current role here with the PD. And so that's, that's a little bit about me as far as the, the history part of it. Education-wise goes, of course, I had my degree at criminal, uh, criminal justice with uh, USD. Got my master's later in life uh, right here locally at Bellevue uh, University in leadership. Um, been to the National Academy with the FBI. Um, and I currently have a pretty significant role with the International Association of Chiefs of Police in their leadership uh, program. Do some consulting with them and teaching uh, at other departments here in the states and a little bit in Canada, mm. some other places as well. Is that what is that what you do? You're traveling for when you're out? Yeah, mostly? when I yeah sometimes uh, that that takes me abroad. Just that relationship with IACP um, to work with these um, these other agencies. Mm. Um, so yeah, there, there's a little bit of traveling that goes with that, uh, and it's it's always nice. It's always nice to see other other departments, the same same struggles, different struggles, um, how they work through some of the, the things that uh, that we all go through. It's kind of interesting wherever you go. A lot of times, it really, it's it's the same issues. Your degree, do you feel like criminal justice is is the way to go? Or do you do you feel like there's one particular degree that's best for someone that's wanting to get into law enforcement? I think there are many paths that a person can take, uh, whether it's college, if you take the college path and um, you choose a degree. I would say, especially in today's um, policing, that any field uh, might be applicable uh, to uh, getting that knowledge base, if you will, uh, because as you know, there are all different areas of society and life and things of that nature that, that, uh, we encounter. Mm. And so, although criminal justice is a, is a solid base, I would never discourage anybody from that. Uh, that was my path obviously, but I, I wouldn't, um, pigeonhole folks that, that right. like, y- you didn't have that degree. Therefore you're not as, um, uh, lucrative for someone like me. I, I, I think it's quite the opposite. Uh, I think that uh, a wide array um, mm-hmm. of different backgrounds and different studies is actually a good thing. And right. that's just one way. That's just the, the college way. Then there's yeah. the military way. Uh, there's there's all different uh, avenues that people can pursue. Um, right. I would not I would not narrow it down to just a CJ degree. Right. And I did CJ as well. And I, I think in my time here, I probably would have used a psychology degree or, you know, something that relates to how people think and being able to deal with people's problems and, and be, be a counselor, uh, a mediator, that kind of role, Mm -hmm. um, probably would have been more valuable than a CJ. Um, you know, I think criminal procedure, criminal law, Mm -hmm. those classes are really helpful because Mm -hmm. it gives you that. It, it starts to create that the mindset that you need to have as an officer thinking, you know, about people's rights and how, how you deal with them and make sure that you're 
you know, you're not stepping on their constitutional rights and, and understanding how um, things work once it gets into the, you know, the legal system and all that stuff. But outside of that, and you get that when you go to the academy, but outside of that, I think, you know, a lot of what you learn in a CJ degree is you're going to learn, you know, if you get a job at a, at a department, you're going to learn that. So it preps you. Um, it obviously preps you and gives you a good base right. Right, for some of those, uh, we'll call those, uh, baseline competencies that, yeah. that you're going to have to have that. Um, but from, from the, from the angle of like actually communicating and dealing with human beings, um, in scenarios and situations that are not ideal or dare I say their best day, um, there are other things, uh, that come into play that, that, um, help people succeed and win in those type of situations. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. There's, there's different avenues. Um, this is a very, uh, it takes a wide array of skills, if you will, uh, Mm -hmm. to be successful at this, as you know. Yes. And so again, I'd get back to any path from an educational standpoint, the exposure that one has their life's experiences, um, everyone might be slightly different and not just one way. There's not just one way to get there. I know you said operations is kind of your wheelhouse. So mm-hmm. what, what was your favorite and why? Um, operations, uh, always has been probably in, in what role been. though? Um, Lieutenant, Sergeant, um, patrol officer, actually all of them, Terrence, don't get me wrong here at the PD. Um, all of the different entities are extremely important. Otherwise they wouldn't exist. No. And, right? and um, but yeah, from a favor, if you ask me, me personally, uh, my preference of where I had the most enjoyment or um, uh, where I was uh, feeling as always having the, the greatest impact um, was at the operations level because that's where the all the interaction, if you will, occurs is where it takes place is in operations. A lot of the other things are behind the scenes and support roles, which are great. But from a personal gratification standpoint, the operations piece, both for our customers um, as well as our own individuals here that are doing those roles. Uh, that's, that's always been the most gratifying for me. Right. Yeah. And in no way does this imply that one's better than the other. No, 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 no. You know, personal preference, personal preference. Yep. All right. Let's move on to, we'll call the speed round. Just do you want me to look or you just don't want look. Your, okay. I want I, your I off the look. cuff reactions All right. <laughs> to these. It's mostly either or questions. A couple of these have three options. Okay. Uh, just because of the nature of the the, the topic, but mm-hmm. pop or soda? Soda. Toilet paper over or under? Ugh. <laughs> I never really thought about that <laughs> you one. You didn't think about that well, one. Um, Do you over. even know over. in your own house? We'll, we'll go over. over. Is it over in it, your house? It's over. It's over. Okay. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Yes. Glazed donuts or iced donuts? Neither. Don't, Neither. Don't, You're not don't, a donut guy. I, don't I didn't think donuts. I'd be able to get you to eat a donut. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Pancakes, waffles, or French toast? Pancakes. Star Wars, Star Trek? Star Wars. Superman or Batman? Batman. Ooh. I, I pegged you as a Batman guy. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, I don't really know. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of people give me a hard time about that. I, I mean, there's, you, there's actually, you're kind of Batman-esque, there's, to there's, be honest. There's actually um, a funny little story that, that along with all other people down at City Hall or whatever, they kind of tease me about that. So, okay, I've um, the whole coffee the cup, Batman the Batman of W, all, all that other good stuff. There's your coffee cup is a Batman cup. Yeah, I yeah. can't see it. Uh, not this one. It's uh, oh, a different one. It's the other one. Okay. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, if you go in the in the restroom down there, there's some Batman um, paraphernalia, if you will. Right. So yeah, Batman. Okay, Batman. Shoes on or shoes off in your house? Ooh, on. Pull in or back in when you're parking? Back in. Light turns yellow, gas brake. Ooh, how far away am I? <laughs> you're 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 in the gotta stop hard, but you're not you're not blowing the light. Yeah, we're not gonna blow the light. If I'm not pulling anything, um, we're gonna get through the light. If I, I have to say, if I am pulling something, I gotta get through the light because I'm not gonna I'm gonna make it otherwise. So I'll use due regard there, but we're gonna we're gonna try and get through that light. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Very, very uh, guarded answer, which I expected, but yeah. Yeah, I do like not to get too off track. I do like uh, when public works in the city, um, they put at those warning lights at a distance. If you notice something, right? Because you have more time to speed up. No, slow down. <laughs> it's like hey, they got that light. It's flashing at you. It's like hey, it's gonna yeah. change. It's gonna change. That is that is like uh, awesome. Right. Um, it takes it takes that reaction time out of it. Exactly. It just gives you warning well in advance before you get there. Hey, you're not gonna make this light. Right. Um, at which least if you're driving the way you're supposed to, I can make the light. <laughs> so anyway, I love, I love those early warning signs. Yep. They're fantastic. Yeah. And if you're on 370, for example, you just assume you're going to hit each light will be red by the time you get to it. So yeah, you know, I never, really, never really timed that up very well. No, I, I don't think there is a way mm. it's, mm. it's what raises, raised my blood pressure every time I drove home from work while I was here. So Mm-hmm. More, I think more so than working, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> working the road, driving home was the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> Hit so, the lights. There you stupid go. lights. All right. To kind of preface this for the people listening, you and I had a conversation, you know, we met to talk about doing this interview and we ended up kind of talking about a lot of things that I think mm-hmm. are relevant. So we've already talked about it some of this stuff together mm-hmm. just so people know that it sounds like we've rehearsed it a little bit we know what we're each other going to say we we didn't really um we just kind of have some history on this conversation so it was a very informal conversation yeah um but we we did talk about you know the narrative regarding law enforcement that's out there today and i think the narrative that the media has kind of reinforced in the minds of of society and um why that is how that's happening and possibly if there's anything that can be done about it so let's go there for a little bit i've been out of the pd for a little over a year and i still get questions the most reoccurring question for me is aren't you glad you're out and i left right before ferguson happened so in the eyes of civilians things have changed drastically as far as how an officer working the road um the environment that that officer is in kind of people perceive the environment to be a lot more hostile now than it was and there may be some truth to that but i i get that question a lot and my answer is always no i'm not glad that i'm out if I was sitting in my cruiser in a parking lot before Ferguson, before Laquan McDonald, before Eric Garner, I never took it for granted that I was safe. I didn't. I never took it for granted that somebody wouldn't walk up and start 
putting rounds through my door because that's the way we're trained. So as an officer, my perspective is no, um, I'm not, it hasn't changed in my eyes. Things have changed, but it, it, it didn't, it wouldn't have changed the way I worked. For example, do you think something has changed? You've, you've been in, in the force for a long time. You've seen the ebb and flow of public opinion, but do you think something has, that there has been a big change or that that's more of just the narrative that's out there right now? Well, there's a lot of stuff, uh, in, in what you just kind of asked. There's, there's, there's so many different things in there, um, that we could talk a little bit about, but as far as this, something changed, you know, a lot of these things are, um, very localized, if you will. And I think what the, the common mistake is, is that, um, people see things, whether it be national, uh, national type incidences, and then there's this um, um, quick response to categorize or otherwise uh, throw everybody into the same basket, if you will. And by and large, a lot of these things are extremely localized. And I think it's an error uh, in perception, if you will, if you assume that because something happens over at this place or in this part of the country, then everything um, is, is as that is. And all of these incidents are very, very different. Uh, they all have their own unique set of circumstances attached to them, which is another thing where folks, I think, uh, make some judgments about some, um, perceptions, if you will, that don't always, you can't take that one, compare it to this one, compare it to this one. And, and yep, that's all the same. It's, that's, uh, not really, it's not really a fair way to objectively look at something. You know, I give credit to our local media. Um, they've been fantastic. Um, I, I can't honestly say that there's been anything where I've uh, considered anything that's been done locally where I felt like we were um, being mischaracterized or anything like that at all. I mean, very fair, very objective. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a very positive and then the other thing, too, about that, too, Terrence, is sometimes with all of the um, negative that we see a lot of, um, I have to say here, again, locally, and it, it doesn't get, uh, it's not out there a lot, but uh, the support has been fantastic. I mean, we have people uh, sending us things, uh, wishing us well, uh, basically in light of some of these other things that, that are being portrayed. It's almost as if it's a, a, a awakened uh, some people's... They're, they're more aware of, of some things. Now, there's there's another set of the population that uh, is kind of cruise control, if you will, and uh, it's not it's not going to be in the forefront of, of what they got going. But but for as much negativity um, mm-hmm. associated with some of the things uh, that have happened nationally uh, with a profession, um, I would say conversely, there's been a great deal of um, here locally uh, positive uh, type support. Right. Uh, so. The other thing you asked about as far as change goes, um, I think what's going on right now with, with the division, uh, with uh, groups of individuals, groups of people, um, uh, you can call it relations with uh, law enforcement, that quite honestly from, again, my perspective has been something that's been going on for my whole career 
it goes in as far as the attention that it's getting, uh, it, it goes in waves, if you will. Like obviously right now it's a very heightened one. Uh, we're in the political season, if you will. And there's, there's these incidences that, that people can point to. And so it's obviously in the forefront of a lot of the conversation, but there've been other times during my uh, career where it was similar. And so it's almost as if there's, there's always been this undercurrent a little bit and it gets, uh, those flames get fanned a little bit in waves where it becomes much more of a, uh, a hot topic. And obviously we're, we're, we're going through one of those now. To go back to your comment about that you've seen more of a, you think it's a kind of awakened people to have a positive response as well. Here locally. Um, I've heard that as well. I had lunch with a few of the guys or breakfast with a few of the guys a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I, I asked them that kind of the same question. Do you feel like your interactions with the public have changed? And, and the initial response was, well, not really. And one of the guys spoke up and said, well, yeah, I, I I've seen, I've had more instances where people are just more outright just laying the hate you know he made he made a traffic stop and it pulled into uh someone's driveway it wasn't their driveway which is something we deal with all the time but the people on the porch of the house were the whole time during the stop just yelling obscenities and just trying to be disruptive essentially and he said that kind of attitude probably an attitude for those people that has already that was already there um is just more more obvious people are more willing to speak up about their distaste or distrust or dislike for law enforcement. But then they also said the, uh, the opposite that I know when I was here, I, you know, I had my lunch paid for by just anonymous people. Um, you know, I get, I get to up to either the window or the checkout and, or the cashier and they'll say, you know, someone ahead of you paid for you. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen a handful of times, mm-hmm. between five and ten times, probably. Um, so it's not extremely common, um, and for me, it was it always meant a lot to know that somebody in that in that building was at least sympathetic and in support of law enforcement. We like um, we, we like weekly get cards, letters, uh, notes. Somebody will drop something off. I mean. And I would say that there's more of that occurring right now than there has been right. in the past. And, and but that's it's always what they, been there too. That's what they said that, you know, over the past year, year and a half, that has gone up for them dramatically. It's, it's much more common now that somebody's either saying something encouraging or doing something like that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to me in that conversation, it, it did feel like, yes our interaction with the, with people that are generally anti-law enforcement, um, those people are more willing to speak their mind directly to us, but the people that are pro law enforcement are more vocal as well. Mm -hmm. Again, I I just would harken back to a lot of this stuff is very localized. And so currently we have a partnership or a relationship with 
the folks that live in this community, work in this community that are pretty positive. And so right. they will show us that support. But but we're always just an incident or a huge mistake from uh, an egregious error, especially when it comes to like integrity or something like that, uh, from that taking a significant hit. That's why all of that stuff is extremely important. It's that whole concept of this public trust. And right now we're working in an environment here locally where that, that's pretty good. And so you can't take that and then try to put that somewhere else in the country or somewhere else right. in the state and think that it, it, it varies. I was just say like these relationships and that local partnership that every one of these entities has is crucial to getting through any incident or situation or scenario. And so right now things, things are pretty good, uh, locally. Hmm. That's not to say that there are other places where it is not. And then therefore you have issues, concerns, problems. Hmm. Um, and so that relationship is something that we should never take for granted ever because it's fragile, just like any relationship right. is. It's fragile. And it's something to be cared for and taken into account just about everything you do. Right. Yeah. I mean, it takes 15 years to gain that trust and, mm-hmm. and have that relationship in one second mm-hmm. to ruin it. Well, you think about any relationship you have with a human being. Right. Uh, you can have a great relationship for 10, 15. I mean, just start tacking on the years and that thing could completely uh, be sabotaged, undermined, and gone in an instant. Right. Uh, uh, because of some conduct or otherwise, uh, something that's going to um, break that relationship, if you will. So right. it's something that takes a long time to build. It takes something that you have to put effort into it, um, like you would any other relationship. And again, I'll say that it's fragile. Um, it's a moment away from uh, being eroded or otherwise take a significant hit um, mm-hmm. if there's something that occurs that. Uh, the other side of this social exchange, if you will, is damaged. I think I think what happens is, and this is what's kind of missing in the dialogue uh, on a, on a larger scale, is that on either side of this conversation, there's a lack of understanding. You could call it a conversation, if you will, that needs to occur on a very large scale. And uh, again, my perception or my observation and then my opinion associated with that is that these are very serious issues these are very legitimate concerns and um it's a conversation that needs to take place and at the moment there seem to be greater barriers or other i got you like moments uh where either side of this conversation is not trying real hard to understand or otherwise have a objective conversation about what needs to occur or what should be occurring. There's more of a a blaming that's occurring. There's more divisiveness type things that are occurring as opposed to, all right, how can we sit down and have a meaningful uh, discussion about what needs to change or what needs to take place so that the relationship, again, on a much larger scale is not so divisive and hateful. And at the moment... there doesn't seem to be anyone willing to step up and have that conversation. Again, it seems to be there's more energy being taken place into tearing these entities apart Mm -hmm. and pointing blame at one another, as opposed to 
actually trying to remedy or otherwise, uh, it all boils down to like, um, like you would have any other conversation with somebody that's a hard conversation. It's like, let's get some objective type factual understanding or meaning that we can, that we can work through and then try to come up with some solutions that is a win-win for everybody. And at the moment, there doesn't really seem to be any effort at doing that. Uh, it, it, again, it seems to be much more item after item driving wedges um, and hateful type discussions that, frankly, it brings a lot of attention to some things, but it's not really doing anything from a problem-solving standpoint, in my opinion. Right. Can you put a finger on who exactly whether that's a person or an organization needs to come to the table and sit down and have those conversations. Well, on and, a local and who's level, driving the wedge. Well, if it's a local type thing, it's whoever, where you would locally be and you sit down and have those conversations. And if, if, if you noticed, um, over the uh, last few months, couple of years, uh, the departments and the communities that work through some of these things, uh, better than others, that, that occurs. Um, and then when that's absent, uh, not so much. And then the history of a lot of things in a community or, um, in a department, that baggage comes with it, uh, to the table, which makes it even more significantly challenging, if you will. But on a much more national level, unfortunately, uh, and I have no desire to talk politics here today, but we're in the political season. Um, and people make speeches and people say things uh, to generate excitement, energy. Uh, people are going to carry the flag for me to get them to the, the ballot box. And in doing that, if that's the agenda, if that's the motive, that conversation probably isn't going to take place from a, hey, how do we fix this? It's more about who's to blame for this. And um, that that it, that energizes people to to be active um, when it comes to casting their support in a certain direction. So, and that's that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, that's what's going on right now. Um, and you could point fingers at at either side of the equation. There's so much. Just what I would call very disturbing, disgusting things being stated on both sides of this of, of this conversation that again lack objectivity um they lack true desire to remedy or otherwise come to a successful solution uh and it really is just I mean, you, you can't say some of the things that are being said without insulting or otherwise completely turning someone off it gets back to if you want to have a good relationship with someone you cannot say those type of things Right. Um, you cannot you cannot cast uh, every individual in a particular profession or every individual in a particular uh, segment of society and paint them all with the same brush. You're never going to get anywhere um, as far as problem solving by doing that. And that that's unfortunately what's driving a lot of the attention to, to some of these issues, which is unfortunate. What realities about specifically American officers and our law enforcement system do you think people civilians need to understand 
The first one I would um, uh, point to is uh, it's not like what you see on TV, uh, meaning movies, TV shows, all that other good stuff. People have been educated via uh, the tube, if you will, on, hey, what that's like. It's, it's not, not Hawaii like, Five O. It's not like any of those shows. Really. That's what it was like for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it's not. And so people, they, they form, again, that's their lens. They're, they they formulate like what they think something is based on what they've been exposed to. Uh, and so that, that, that would be number one. Um, and then probably the hardest thing, and and this is really hard to, to articulate um, a little bit the best I can, is that there is a significant disconnect, I think, to the just the average person dependent upon their own background and where they come from to the realities of segments of our society uh, that um, we work with on a daily basis. I think, and, and the reason that is, is because many, many people, they're never exposed to some of the, the problems and trials that, that human beings go through. And we uh, are on the front line of dealing with some of the most inhumane type things that people do to other people and there's a there's a good chunk of just your average folks out there that they number one they don't they're not exposed to a lot so they don't really think about it a lot they don't ever see any of that stuff and so they don't they don't it's not in the forefront and so it's easy to i would say have false perceptions about the reality of uh some of the life experiences uh, that we encounter. Uh, right. and so that, that, that's a big part of it too is, uh, and s- some, some folks just choose to intentionally just pretend that it doesn't exist. But the fact of the matter is, is there are varying walks of life, uh, that we encounter that many people in society never encounter or they're never exposed to it. And, um, that's something that we, on a daily basis, depending upon where you're at um, and what you're doing, you're going to get a heavy dose of that. Yeah, there's two things I think in there that to simplify what you said that you have to be willing to put yourself in other people's shoes, but you also have to know what their shoes look like. If you're not willing, it doesn't matter. You know, they could be standing next to you, and it's not going to matter because you have you haven't chosen to open your perception to a different reality that they live. But if you are willing, you at least have to be in a place where you have interacted with those people and, and, and can learn and understand where they, where they came from. And a lot of people, you're right. They, they don't ever venture outside of their bubble, so to speak. Then the real problem or disconnect comes in is people will make judgments um, about other individuals or their behavior, their set of circumstances that are completely unfair, which, uh, again, that's another, that's another thing. You're not exposed to it. You're never around it. Um, and therefore, um, it's very quick for people to make conclusions about, uh, things that they clearly don't have all the information about. Uh, and I'm talking about just the, uh, uh, a chunk of, society that we work with on a regular basis that a lot of people are never exposed to. Right. What would be your probably say top two or three inconvenient truths that 
most people aren't willing to talk about. Well, it's it's easy to cast blame or otherwise point fingers and 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 that's what I'm saying. When we get down to give me truth, it's like if you want to have a real conversation. And we really want to get to the bottom of some of these things, not in sound bites, but like, we're going to work through these. We, as a police profession, if you will, and other individuals that, or other groups, if you will, that have problems with us need to have honest, objective conversations with facts that marry up with reality. You can't be dismissive of certain parts of this conversation because they don't fit into the box, if you will, of what you're trying to get done, whatever that is. And that's that, that I could say that about uh, either side of any conversation, if it's this conversation or it's something else that we're trying to, to solve, uh, it has nothing to do with policing. It's like, you have to accept the fact that there are things that might be uncomfortable or inconvenient, uh, for you to accept. And, Presently, uh, there's some of those things that are that are missing, if you will, with with this conversation uh, that we're trying to have about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. We can't just be completely dismissive of things that just don't quite fit uh, the narrative that that you're searching for. Again, it really boils down to without having to nail that, some of that stuff down for you, Terrence. Is like it gets back to the whole concept of this conversation. No one's willing to have this conversation, um, and I think that could be part of it. Is that no one wants to admit that um, there may be some things that need to be modified or otherwise changed, or um, some things that need to be pointed out. They're like, "Hey, that's not reality. That that is not uh, the way it works." And you can't take this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, dismiss all of that. But up oh, this one over here, right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna latch onto that one. Um, it doesn't work that way. Not not if you want to truly get to the bottom of some of these, what I would consider issues we have in society that we are conveniently blamed for on a regular basis. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in a human being's life before we in law enforcement ever encounter them. Um, but then at that point, then all of a sudden that seems to be, uh, in some conversations, the tipping point, if you will, like, well, that's where it went wrong. Let's see, there it goes. And there are so many things that lead up to uh, that point where someone's calling police, right? right. Um, and they've been going on for months, years, and now all of a sudden we're involved. But that doesn't dismiss the fact that there are a whole bunch of things that happened in this right. human being's life before we got there. Right. Uh, and so if you want to like really get into like root issues, those are conversations that have to take place um, before we're even even interjected into this conversation, um, right. whether those are failed policies, whether those are whatever we have going on that's, that's getting individuals uh, to the point that now we're a part of this conversation, we're, we're like probably three, four, five, maybe even more steps down the road in, into like even being entered into the scenario, right? right? I'm talking very big, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so... Those are those are whether whether that's education, whether that's health, whether that's socioeconomic, whether that's housing, whether that, I mean, there's a gazillion things um, that come into play in our society, if you will. We come into play like significantly farther down the road, right? 
All right, let's switch gears and do the cop quiz. These questions are the kind of questions that civilians like to ask officers. For example, how fast can I go without getting pulled over? Obviously, each officer has their own threshold. So give me your speed threshold. A lot of officers phrase it as blank, you're fine, blank, you're mine. Uh, filling in those blanks with a, a certain speed. My line in the sun was always 11. 11's a ticket? That was my. It's been a long time since I've done that. I did write somebody a traffic ticket the other day, though. Did you? Um, I did. Um, first time in years. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, so they just needed to be stopped. Um, but, um, no, for me, back in the day, um, my threshold was always 11. What was your pet peeve? The thing that you were most likely to pull someone over for a ride a ticket, what was your big... Throwing a cigarette out the window. Yeah? Throwing a cigarette out the window. Funniest story, Well, if you have a quick one. Uh, well, there's probably too many. Um, uh, we'll save that for another day. Okay. <laughs> Save that for another day. Uh, do you have a worst moment event? I have several. I have several. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, those, it's hard to pick when you get to that point. I mean, no, you no, see no. all kinds of stuff. So yeah, yeah. There, are, th- those are things that we all that we all work through um, in our own way. But um, that's the human side of what we do. I mean, you have to you carry that stuff around with you too. Right. Um, that again, if it gets back to the exposure thing, a lot of, a lot of folks aren't, aren't exposed to that or, um, really think of it from that standpoint, but just about any horrific thing that, uh, you may encounter or otherwise observe another human, do it to another human We have front row seats to all that stuff. Those are things that, uh, I think as a, as a profession, we've actually started to do a little bit better on as far as taking care of people from, uh, yeah. Um, stress capacity. Yeah. So there's lots of them. For you, what's the most rewarding? If there is there one moment. Do well. Seeing folks do well. Um, I remember um, folks that worked under my command, uh, you know, becoming officer of the year or mm. otherwise um, getting promoted uh, and seeing them do well um, and yeah. liking to think that you had just a smidge to do with stuff like that uh, from from uh, creating that type of atmosphere or environment to watch them grow and succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing our people do really, really well uh, is always very gratifying for me. It's a stage of my career. What can people do, and then we'll end with this, if people want to educate themselves, mm-hmm. just in general, um, what do you suggest? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you suggest going? Well, I was going to quote my grandfather, um, he used to say about anything in life, you don't ever believe anything um, that you hear. You don't believe anything um, that you read, and you only believe half of what you see. Um, and and there's a lot. Of, I love the way he used to say stuff like that because stuff, some of the stuff that um, you hear, obviously, we all know how that works. Um, <laughs> a lot of stuff gets left out. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that you read, same thing. Um, there's a lot of stuff that gets left out. And the thing I didn't get until later in life was only believe half of what you see is because what you're seeing might look a certain way, uh, but 
mm, there's a lot missing there too. Right. Uh, yeah. It comes with what you see. So this, the greatest thing um, about any of that is, uh, and we would all do really well. Um, everybody would do really well. If we were much slower to judge or otherwise draw conclusions um, about certain things um, and actually make an effort to understand, mm-hmm. um, uh, you can call it a pool of meaning, if you will. The deeper that the, the the meaningfulness of actually what you're looking at, um, you'll be able to understand that quite a bit better than if you just uh, take that very shallow, right. very quick snap uh, judgment about something, um, which then ends up with faulty conclusions on either side of any scenario. Um, so anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It doesn't, and I think people know uh, that going to a CNN or a Fox isn't the best place to find, to get true knowledge regarding a particular incident or, you know, um, kind of frame their, get their frame of reference for anything really. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, you, you did answer it because that's step number one saying, you know, just because even, even if I saw it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I know what's going on there's a there's always a lot more to the story so um if people want to support the police what do you feel like is the best way for people to do that whether that's just encouragement or uh uh, there are foundations that people um uh donate to kind words uh the cards the letters that kind of stuff but probably the the, really the biggest thing is uh, like here it's just the the mutual cooperation um, and the sharing of information to truly try to like do your civic duty, be helpful and, and try to work through some of the struggles that we have, uh, with whatever problems we might be having. So just the, the cooperation and the, 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 the understanding, if you will, of, uh, helping us, uh, at our core mission mm-hmm. objective of trying to make that place out there, um, a safe one. And, and part of that is if, you as a civilian see something that you feel like should change um that's obviously important i i assume for you to know what your community has a problem with if mm-hmm. they're if they see one within the department um you would want to know that because Absolutely. you serve that community so how do you what do you suggest as far as if someone how people can but the, the thing about that, too, is I tell people whenever I uh, go out to these different uh, organizations and meet with them, if, if someone has a problem with something that we're doing, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is have something smoldering out there where someone has a, has a huge axe to grind over something and you haven't even bothered to call or right. um, let me know. So um, if there's something that we need to work through, um, I'm always open to that. Let's, let's, let's work through it. Uh, the last thing I want you to do is be overly um, perplexed or frustrated and because those people talk to those people and then that person talks to this person and before you know this thing is taken on a life of its own and just to be afforded the opportunity to try to, to right. work through whatever it is so right um it's it, I'm, I'm not a complicated person gotcha good for people to know yeah they see chief of police and you know <sighs> I got my own. I got my You're own. You're a human being too. Yeah, I'm a human being too. Put your pants on the right. same way, right? 
Pretty Maybe much, you I don't. Get, I don't I know. Get, no, I, Batman. No, pretty, pretty, I don't go there. <laughs> but you know, I got my own family. I got my own bills to pay. I yeah. got my own. We all do, right? Everybody's uh, navigating their own journey of life, right? right. And, uh, this is just my chosen profession. So okay. Anyway. Awesome. All right. Hey, thanks for thanks for spending the time. Yeah. Thank fun. you. Thank you. That's it for this episode, ladies and gents. Thank you for tuning in as usual, and I hope you enjoyed this wide-ranging interview with Mark Elbert, Bellevue Chief of Police. Um, and of course, thank you, Mark, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me and talk about some of these things, because you're right. We are not having the conversation we need to be having, and it starts here. It starts with these types of conversations. If you're listening to this episode and you have any questions, comments, concerns, gripes, bunched up britches, or complaints, of course, you can always find me on Twitter or Facebook or email me at policeacademypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys. I want to know what you want to know about law enforcement, um, issues that are going on now, or things that you have seen or heard. Remember, don't believe anything you hear, don't believe anything you read, and only believe half of what you see. Sage advice from a man with a wealth of knowledge that we can all learn from. Thanks again, Mark. As always, do good, be strong, fear nothing. This is Police Academy.